The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Live from MMA Fighting Studios, this is Between the Links. And now, your host, Mike Heck. The iconic voice of Esther Lynn welcomes you to a brand new edition of BTL. We are back on another Thursday. A lot to talk about, including the lineal... MMA heavyweight champion, arguably beating the lineal boxing heavyweight champion this past Saturday in Saudi Arabia. We got the what's next. We got fast driving heavyweights who is going to fight in a main event this Saturday. We got hand injury updates. We got the Lone Star State getting a whole bunch of the best division in the sport on a fight night in a few weeks time. Lot to discuss. Let's get into it and introduce the combatants. And despite Jed Mishu getting over more than he ever has on this show last week, he's not here this week. Unbelievable. Took some vacation time working on his cannonballs. All good because we have the Prince of Positivity here, the co-host of On to the Next One. He's my best friend from MMAfighting.com. He's our AK, Alexander K. Lee. Hello, sir. Which camera? Casey, which camera am I on? Which is it? Am I on the hello? <laughs> there he is, the pew pew. And uh, look, before we hit record, this man was in a great mood, and he typically is in a great mood on all of our programs on this platform. But after the Texas Rangers just finished the shellacking of the Arizona Diamondbacks, wow, my kick! Series last wow, night. my kick! Maybe he's got to be a little extra spicy. He's one of our wonderful deputy editors, the wise wordsmith himself, Mr. Shaheen Alshadi. I'm serious, man. How's it going? I, I Trust me, as a Red Sox fan, we've been through some pretty tough ones. Look, no one feels sorry for Boston sports fans. I don't appreciate the, the, the shots before I even get shown on camera, but you know what? I love you, Mike Heck. I'm glad Jed could get a day off. He, he It's well-deserved. That man has been killing it. Uh, and AK, I'm very excited to battle you today. 
It's a great day. We got to look at it positively, right? No one expected the Diamondbacks to be here. We're young. No, it'll be fine. I love this new Shaheen. I love this. Yes, this is great. I eat sports disappointments for breakfast, y'all. This is nothing. I was raised. You thought, I don't know, the Bane quote. Darn right. Yeah, yeah. Just act like I said the Bane quote. I don't forget. Sure. Or I don't remember. It's amazing to see you digesting this all so positively, Shaheen. Speaking of digestion, let's digest what Francis Ngannou did less than a week ago, Shaheen Al-Shadi, because this man rolls into Saudi Arabia. No one's given him a chance. We're on the preview show. We're not really giving him much of a chance. We're, we're throwing out these hypothetical cool things that could happen but probably won't. And then Francis just goes in there and arguably outboxes Tyson Fury over 10 rounds. He knocks him down in round three. I score. I'm one of the idiots, according to Joe Rogan, who scored at 96, 93 for Tyson Fury. But none of that matters. Both of you are. Both none of, of that you matters. Are. But none of that matters because no one expected 96, 93 Fury at all in this. In fact, pride rules. Francis Gata wins this fight. He's the story of this fight, despite the loss. This is. It was just an incredible thing, and I've gone back and watched the fight now three times. Shaheen. How do you feel about this all five days later? You reacted immediately after the fight on the post-fight show that we did. Five days later, the interviews, you're hearing from all the tastemakers involved on Team Nganu. How do we feel about this five days later? I just, I gotta say, I love, like nights like Saturday night are why this industry is so fun to be a part of. When we're on that post-fight show and we're all just sitting here flummoxed, like, like actually speechless about what we just watched that is that is one of the coolest parts of all of this mike i'm going to turn this on you you just said you rewatched it three times has your scoring changed after watching it three times or are you still stuck with the terrible scorecard i'm actually more confident in the terrible scorecard really which is fine which is fine it's okay like there were close rounds like you want to tell me francis won i'll listen to you i don't think it's like a terrible card at all i would never say that about your scorecard shaheen even though you're saying it about mine well, you know, but you open with shots about the Diamondbacks. We got a tit a tat here, you know. True story. True I, uh, story. But, I, yeah, I changed I, my I card. Oh god! I changed my card. Oh boy, what this is, is going to be bad. I just told Damon. I just told our boy Damon. Uh, I changed my card. Uh, hundred, hundred to ninety fury. Uh, round three was a <laughs> oh, slip. Okay. Round three was a slip. Uh, <laughs> caught him, caught him in the back of the head. He was already off balance. I think shouldn't even count as a knockdown. So uh, 100 to 90 Fury, I feel even better about. I feel I, I I was way off on Saturday. I said 96, 93 Fury, clean sweep, ten rounds to none. Shut up. Wow. Yeah. Well, you know, our our good friend Jed always says, if you're going to be a bear, be a grizzly. I appreciate <laughs> the digging in, AK. Just dig into the hatred. That's how what we got to do here. Uh, no, man. I mean, with days to process this, it still feels surreal that we live in a world where the last several days we're talking about Francis Ngannou versus. Anthony Joshua is basically throwing himself at Francis's feet, begging for that fight. We're talking about DeAndre Wilder, mixed rules, fights in the PFL, like it's an actual thing that might happen. All of this is just incredible. It remains incredible. It's honestly, I mean, you tell me if I'm wrong, but that probably was the greatest professional boxing debut of all time, right? Like what, what, what else compares if you're debuting against the number one heavyweight in the world, the lineal heavyweight champion, and you're essentially beating him? 
because we all know like you two can can stand on that corner that that fury won and that's fine i'm not i don't care one way or another but like i'm gonna stand with the people because we all watched that fight we all know that francis and won that fight we all know he never had a chance in hell to escape saudi arabia with the decision uh given the circumstances of them just doing the ustick face off right afterwards all of it i mean you even look at the body language from tyson fury since that fight that man looks like a man who knows he lost he looks like a man who, who knows he got away with one it's incredible man it's absolutely incredible for this to have worked out in this way. And we said it a lot on the post-fight show, but for you look back at March, April, May, you look when it was dragging and it didn't look like Francis would be able to land any of these big boxing names. And one championship is out here being like, ah, you know, we're good. We're good on Francis. We passed. He's asking for too much. And, you know, BKFC, like all of the, all of the, the dregs of the sport, all of the lower ranks of the sport are being like, ah, we're too good for this guy. It's okay. Y'all can have him. And everyone was just crapping on him. And then all of a sudden, this is where we are in November. I think there's a very real chance he's going to get fighter of the year votes from our team, on, uh, from some members of, of our team on this staff. Like, it's just incredible for him to have a year where he didn't actually win a fight that we're talking about him in this way. Uh, kudos to you, Francis. You believed in yourself when no one else did. It's 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 one of the most stunning and it remains one of the most stunning performances in combat sports that i've ever seen regardless of what two judges out there in saudi arabia and you fellows as well saw because i watched that fight francis and won that fight i'd much rather be francis after that fight than tyson and again dia's rules real rules street rules francis won that fight as well so we all know where it stands yeah you're not wrong about that Pride rules, street rules, Francis wins, and you're right. I'd rather be Francis than Tyson Fury in this situation. AK, as the co-holder of the awful scorecard tag team championship belts alongside your, your best friend, me, five days later, how do we feel about this? Who, again, who cares about the scoring? We all know yeah. who the story of this fight is. Francis did the damn thing. He's celebrating. Kind of bummed on Ariel's show, if we're being honest, because I think he felt like he got screwed and got robbed. So he was still kind of happy, but wasn't taking it all in the way most of us probably expected him to. But where are you at five days later? Well, uh, uh, by the way, my best friend, shout out to uh, Brian Campbell, our brother, our brother in 96, 93. He's been touting it all week. He's been taking it out of the chin, just like we have. So uh, BC, you know, can't wait to see you back on uh, Between the Links. But um yeah, it's it's great that we've had this time to process it. I got to do a little bribery review of it, and I did. I I, I joking about changing my score. I actually did. I think I tweaked it. I maybe may have given Francis one more round, but as both of you just said, as Ariel was saying on the MMA Hour, as a, a bunch of people have said on social media, the actual scoring isn't super important. And and saying that Fury like won a boxing match is almost like damning him with faint praise. It's kind of like we're all, we're, even when I did the 96, 93, I was like, oh, cool, like Fury won. I won, but nothing, nothing in my, because I was doing the live scoring for MA fighting. Nothing in my, like, as I was doing it, nothing in my reporting, as I was watching the fight, it nothing felt good about like, oh, you know, Tyson, you know, uh, Tyson Fury is the better boxer. Like it didn't feel, it's like we know that in, in any way, in a void. And on the night of, that may have been the case as well. But, it somehow just didn't feel right in that moment to, to say it because Francis did so well. So um, it's amazing that we are now, like we've done a lot of coverage on May Fighting. We got all the sides of it on the MAO where we got Markel Martin in there. We got, Don, we got Don Davis. We got Eddie Hearn. We got Francis himself, of course. Uh, everyone was weighing in. And, and I think we've hit like, we may have hit the saturation point uh, with Francis coverage right now, but at the same time, um, it feels so important to get all these sides of it because... I'm wondering if, it, if, if if this had gone another way, 
if Fury had put him away early somehow, if Fury had won a more clear decision, um, I don't know how much we're talking about this. I may, maybe we're still talking about a lot, just in a very different way. Uh, so I liked that Francis was sort of heartbroken. I think that's consistent with him. I think it keeps him. I think it keeps his brand where he, it needs to be, because he's not a McGregor, right? He's not a guy who's going to get away with being, delu- you know, delusional with the result. Like, oh, I was beating, I was handling Floyd. I was handling Floyd until the tenth round. They shouldn't have stopped the fight. Blah blah. That's something McGregor can do. That's what his his base is built on. That's fine. Um, you want I I want the Francis reaction. Like the, he, I think he gave us the reaction we wanted. Maybe he doesn't have an explosive quote. Maybe he didn't have some, you know. Maybe he he criticized the judges too much. Fine, you can nitpick there. But I love I love that he was not you know jumping off the walls about like oh wow I took the champ to the limit. It really meant a lot to him winning and losing, and I think that's also his mindset that got him this opportunity. He would never he would have been happy, of course, to get like a Wilder Joshua. Those were been amazing fights. But I think in his mind, anything besides the Fury fight would have been a slight disappointment. And it's hard for us to put ourselves in that shoes because I think I was one of the media members who, after a while, after I saw some of those other deals fall through, like, oh, is he going to get – like, has the Fury fight moved on? I'm pretty sure I said it in the show. I was like, I think the Fury fight has moved on. I don't think we're going to see that. But for Francis, he never did. And again, his reaction to that loss tells you he is he is all in. He is he is always has that that main goal in mind. And anything but that main goal being accomplished is considered – uh, maybe failure is too strong a word, but like he, you know, he he didn't he didn't do it. It was like ninety eight percent success, not a hundred percent, which is crazy considering most of us think he pretty much rocked it. Uh, everything about this, getting the fight and how he performed. But listen, we're not Francis, and this is why Francis is where he is. Yep, I also think, and I said this on Saturday. I, I and and I've said it all week. I have tipped my cap to everybody who called me out on this. I said some really dumb things on that reaction show, including, and I'm not even going to get back into it. You guys can go back and watch it. But one thing I feel confident in was that this overall was the best result for combat sports fans, because we still get Fury Usyk. We still have questions about Fury. That fight is way more interesting to me now, because I really thought Fury was just going to run Usyk over. Now I feel like maybe Usyk could do it. Maybe he's got a chance. And if Fury beats Usyk and Francis, like even if Francis wants to sit out and wait, he could get the rematch for the undisputed heavyweight title. And that is just absolutely massive. And that's just one of the countless options, AK, that Francis Ngannou now has coming off of this performance, win or lose. Again, none of that even matters. It feels like Francis won this fight. So if you had your choice, AK, if you could, you get the magic wand here and you can pick anything you want for Francis Ngannou, you're guiding him realistically through his career here. What should be next? Should it be a mixed rules fight? Should it be an MMA fight? Should it be a boxing fight? Should he wait for Fury? Sports, combatives, however you want to frame it, opponent, what do you think should be next for Francis? What do you want to see? I'm, unrealistically, I still want to see him fight John Jones. I mean, that's still the dream fight, right? Uh, in MMA, in the octagon or in the smart cage, whatever, co-promotion with the PFL. But this is, again, speaking unrealistically, I still feel like the UFC is not going to budge on this. I don't know why they have to. Um, yeah, you know, look, we, we, I think we're all correct when we say they've, they've missed an opportunity with Francis. They had him under contract for the longest time. They could have found ways to, um, you know, work out, make that John Jones fight happen. And also, you know, getting involved in the boxing like they did with McGregor, uh, which they had to kind of be drag kicking and screaming into that matchup. But you would, you'd have thought after that, they would have sort of learned like, oh, wait, maybe we can do this and still make money off it. 
on the other hand, you know, they also kind of lost control of McGregor, so maybe they're afraid of that. But, uh, but I yes, if if I was if I was waving my magic wand, Mike, that's one question I would actually want to see the John Jones fight in in under MMA rules, no chicanery. The two best heavyweights in the world uh, in MMA right now throwing down. More realistically. I still want to see France do something with the PFL. I know that's not a sexy option. I know everyone's like, what? like, why does the PFL even have to factor into this? They weren't even mentioned on the show. They didn't even get the PR from Francis being in this fight. I, I get that. I get that completely. But he's a man of his word. I think he does want to fulfill some obligation to them. I just hope they're very flexible with what they allow him to do. Because I have said uh, shortly after the, the, the Fury fight happened... I want to see him. PFL should just let him box. They need to set up some kind of boxing match for him. That is what people want to see Francis do. MMA would be great. MMA would be great. If they want to go with the most boring, safe thing, winner of the PFL heavyweight tournament fights Francis, fine. Uh, not like one of my top five options, but I'd be okay with it. It would restore some order to this whole, you know, Francis MMA scene. Uh, and, and it would probably be the easiest thing for PFL to organize, but if you're the league, you got to take a big swing here. You got to take a risk, take a big swing, find some from the box, buy a ring, set up, get, get that PFL smart ring, set that up and, uh, and throw Francis in it. And just let and that you can put on pay-per-view. Mike, I heard you on a uh, heck of a morning today going like, why, like, why does PFL keep trying to push pay-per-view? And you're right. Except I think if they did boxing, they could, uh, they could charge a pretty penny for Francis, uh, for Francis fights. So that, that's, that's the way to go for it for me. Do something with the PFL. I know people are just like find another, you know, find another promotion, fight for the Saudi, uh, Saudi, fight in Saudi Arabia again, whatever. But um, I think I think he can make something uh, with PFL happen and something that's like actually exciting for the fans. Still, this is a very interesting answer, AK and Shaheen. I'll, I'll ask you the same question. What has been one of the more revealing things this week is that Don Davis, who, as far as promoters go, outside of Dana White, is the king of just saying things. Like literally just saying things and or just creating these weird things into a graph that we put on the show and make fun of for 35 minutes <laughs> because he just says just ridiculous stuff that you're just like, why would you say this when nobody really knows who you are? But the fact that even Don Davis realizes that Francis fighting in MMA right now makes absolutely no sense was super telling. I was kind of surprised to hear him actually say that, that it's John Jones, one full point. Stipe would be a half point as far as compelling opponents go. And they're basically telling him, like, go box. Maybe we'll create this, like, mixed rules thing we could do here. But, dude, go box and, and make your money, which I – I have a lot of respect for Don for doing that. That's probably the most positive thing I've said about him over the last couple of years. But – after, especially after hearing that, Shaheen, what should be next? Are you into this mixed rules idea? Is it just wait for the big boxing fight, wait for the Fury rematch? Like, what do you want to see Francis do? Yeah, you're, you're not wrong. Kudos to Don Davis for actually coming out and saying what we're all thinking, right? Because, I mean, that might be the most honest thing I've ever heard a promoter say in, in all my years of doing this, of just being straight up like, hey, no one really wants to see Francis fight any of our heavyweights. Like, let's be honest here. That's a, that's a, that's an outrageous thing to say, but I actually really, really appreciate the transparency because to say otherwise, you you know that we don't all like that. No one else is thinking that way. So to just acknowledge the, the elephant in the room is pretty cool and unusual for for someone in that position. Um, I do think we almost just need to let the John Jones 
narrative story, whatever you want to call it, sort of die. Like it's just, it, you just, it's the going back to 2007 doing the Fedor versus Brock or Fedor versus Randy thing over and over again and just spinning your wheels saying, why can't we get this? Like it's not going to happen. These two are never going to work together. The UFC is never going to ever, ever come to that kind of place where they're just like, ah, yeah, let's work with the PFL to make this fight because obviously the fans want it. It's just not happening. So to, to even continue to wax poetic and talk about it just feels fruitless to me. Um, ultimately, it feels like we there's two real options, right? Because I agree, no one, we sat here for an hour on Saturday before someone was able to come up with the PFL heavyweight finalists. Like it, it, just no one is interested in seeing Francis fight any of these PFL heavyweights. And there's not really a top heavyweight free agent right now out there that would be a compelling fight. You either need to do the Anthony Joshua fight, who, where it's just a, it's bizarre that we're in a world here on this Thursday morning where the Anthony Joshua team is essentially throwing themselves at Francis and begging for this fight. That's a very unusual place to reach and not a place I expected to reach. Uh, or if if this is a real feasible thing, you know me, I'm always up for the circus. Like I'm here for weird shit. And if, if weird shit's going to happen in PFL doing this mixed rules thing with Deontay Wilder, I have no idea why Deontay Wilder would actually want to do this. That feels like he would uh, be making a really giant mistake if we look throughout history. I don't know why a top heavyweight boxer still, you know, more or less at the top of his game, able to get big fights, would want to come into a situation like that and probably lose pretty badly. Uh, that that all of that is weird to me. I don't actually know why any of this would actually work out. If it does, if it's a thing that's a feasible thing, sure, sure, sign me up. It's just weird. I'm again, I'm here for the spectacle. I'm here for the circus. The most logical thing to me feels like the Anthony Joshua fight. I love the idea of Francis testing himself against a different type of heavyweight like that, right? Like Anthony Joshua is not Tyson Fury. He is not just body wise, style wise. He's a very, very different fighter. He also feels very vulnerable. If you've watched Anthony Joshua over the last couple of years, he is not the same fighter that he once was, or at least he does not fight in the same way that he once was. And it would be a very interesting stylistic matchup for me. Also, obviously just two gigantic dudes who are, who are, look great getting off the bus. Like you just sell that very easily to the general public. And I will say when Eddie Hearn throughout the idea, of doing it in africa that got my mind working because you know we he invoked rumble of the jungle I, this isn't this is certainly not rumble of the jungle too and he called it one of the biggest fights in the history of the sport i, I would disagree with that as well that's good promotions promotion speak but it is incredibly interesting and having francis finally have that sort of african homecoming but doing it in a completely different way than we once thought it would happen we always thought it would be in the ufc or with mma right for him to come back and bring a major boxing event to africa would be really, really cool to see. And if you could just imagine what that week would look like and the spectacle it would create, that's probably the one I'm putting. I'm on that corner right now. If you give me my druthers and I could pick anything, I kind of want that fight. Because then it does set up two. Tyson Fury, Usyk, Francis fights Fury if Fury wins, or Francis fights Usyk as Usyk wins, and we sort of just get him in the mix. It keeps him in that mix where you're just beating a very viable heavyweight contender. Man, you, it, it, like it, it hurts my soul that you're so right about the John Jones fight, Shaheen, because outside of just pure and utter stubbornness, like that, like literally there's nothing stopping this fight from being made because PFL would obviously be in, ESPN would obviously be in, and it's literally just stubbornness, the reason this isn't put together. Like literally nothing else is stopping it. If the UFC just said, yeah, we'll do it, ESPN, you work it out and we'll figure out a way, like then this could happen. But other than that, there's nothing stopping it. And that's what's completely frustrating about all of this. So you mentioned something else, Shaheen. Last thing, and then we'll move on. Is Francis Ngannou the fighter of the year right now? 
Like, I mean, how can you, how could you argue against it? It's pretty well, crazy. Like he doesn't have a win this year. That's it. Doesn't matter though. Thing. But no. But but in your world, he does. Shaheen, in your world, he has a win. I mean, we still abide by the laws of of sort of our society, right? Like this is he he's zero <laughs> one this year to a certain degree. But this is the most impressive thing any MMA fighter has done this year. Look, I th- I think there's he's not. There's a hundred percent chance that, that certain members of the staff will want to vote him as fighter of the year. And I and maybe they'll make a compelling case for me. It's still pr- probably Sean Strickland because dude went three and zero and just destroyed Izzy Adesanya in a kickboxing match. Which again, if you fast forward like two months, we were all talking about how that was one of the most incredible performances we've ever seen. So we have very short term memories with this. But I mean, three and zero is three and zero. Zero and one is zero and one. I understand there's outside circumstances. For me, it's hard to Francis for Francis to top that when that, he's fought once this year. Uh, but you know, I think there will be people making the case certainly. AK, are you going to vote for Francis Gano's fighter of the year? Even in one, it's even a- will he be in your top five? I think he should be in everybody's at least number five pick. Like just to give him the tribute. It's so messed up because I was just thinking about it as, as Shaheen was talking, and I was thinking like, if obviously he didn't compete in MMA this year, if he had go, let's say he had said he had signed at the PFL and went to their heavyweight tournament or something. And like went like three and zero or four and zero or five and zero, whatever he has to do in PFL to win a million dollars. Like then clearly, I would have put him in the top five of fighters of the year, right? Uh, but and then but because he lost a much more high profile boxing match against the greatest you know heavyweight boxer in the world today, then now I'm suddenly thinking I won't put him in the top five. So yeah, I I I now will be surprised if when we come down to doing the deliberations for this. If I don't have him, I'll be surprised. I'll surprise myself if I if I somehow make a list that doesn't include Francis. It will seem very strange. It will seem very strange. Um, rules rule. You know, I am I am absolutely. I believe like oh, we should and we have in previous years confined it to MMA fighters who've competed in MMA. But I think for this once, it's fair to say once in a lifetime occasion, we can we can we can bend the rules a bit. You know, rules rule, but they can you know they're made to be bent, not broken. People who say they're made to be broken are crazy, but they are made. They are made to be bent. <laughs> and he is still technically an MMA fighter. It didn't happen in MMA, you know. But again, if I'm comparing it to if he had just fought in the tournament and beaten, you know, Dennis Galtsov and Hernan Ferreira or you know any of these PFL guys, which would have been great. No disrespect to those guys, it would have been a nice run. Uh, we wouldn't be talking about that a fraction of how much we have talked about uh, the Fury fight, how much brain space this whole Fury thing has taken up in my head. Like, it would have been a nice pat on the back. Francis, you're in the top five. Um, but it wouldn't have us even thinking that he deserves to be number one. So that just sounds so bizarre to say. But I will say, he, I, I think he is going to get a vote. I don't know if I can say fighter of the year, my best friend, but top five, top three? Maybe the number three. We got to look at it. It's been a, it's been a crazy year. It's been a crazy year, and it would be fitting if the uh, lineal heavyweight champion competing in a boxing match landed him on our fighter of the year list. I know there's still so much time to go. Like Alex Pereira could become a two division champion in like his ninth pro <laughs> fight. I know it's a couple more than that, but geez, Louise, there's still so much that could happen. Could could actually be the year of the raw dog in the fighter of the year conversation. Also, Pantoja. Everybody's Pantoja on too. Pantoja in that conversation. Also, I gotta say before we move on, shout out to in the comment section, Hank Hill. Uh, you need to call up Eddie Hearn and Markel Martin right now. Fumble in the jungle for this Joshua and Ganund. Just mwah, that's I give that four Michelin stars. That's oh that's my god, tremendous. Hank Hill might have just got the point here. He might just get the point. I I couldn't uh, argue. 
<laughs> Let's actually award this first point. Let's move on. Uh, UFC back in Brazil this Saturday. The point for round one goes to... I mean, one man looks like he knows he's getting the point. The other isn't sure. So I'll give it to the man who hit the Francis Ngannou of the round. Shaheen Alshadi. It's one to nothing. Nicely done. See, if that doesn't go to show you that I don't pick based on it. Shaheen came at me a little bit and I still gave him the point because he had a compelling argument. But such a pro. Yeah, that's what we got to do. The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And new customers to DraftKings can bet five bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. UFC Sao Paulo coming up this Saturday. The go-home show for UFC 295, the final fight night card before we head to New York City and Madison Square Garden. The main event is Jailton Almeida versus Derek Lewis, and we'll get into that in a moment. But uh, AK, UFC Sao Paulo, we're out of the apex. You like this card? You excited for this one? Tight. Tight. Um, <laughs> anytime Jelton Almeida is fighting, I'm excited. It's unfortunate that Curtis Blades got injured and we are getting, you know, still a, a high, I guess a high level MMA, uh, a heavyweight a fight. Derek Lewis, I think, is kind of a live dog. I, I, I'm certainly not picking him. I think on paper, this is just a terrible matchup for him. I think we're past the days where I, I don't know why I'm giving this prediction now, but I think we're past the days where Derek Lewis can just get up. I think we kind of saw in a, not his last fight, but the fight before that one. I don't know if that's a thing anymore, but he has the pedigree of a two time heavyweight title contender. Jelton is still sort of proving himself, you know, going up the ranks. We, we all like what we've seen so far finishes everybody left and right. Um, grappling looks unstoppable. He's in great shape, but you know, this, this is, this is not his, this is his first. No, he beat Jarzinho. 
his second ranked guy and again someone who is more famous than Jairzinho if not higher ranked at this point so I like it main event I'm all into it uh, the rest of the card is intriguing it's intriguing you, you got both Bonfim brothers in action which I like you got Mr. Co-Main event Kayo Bahayo sadly not in the co-main it's a bit of a slap in the face I think um, Renat Fakratinov I'm interested in seeing him fight Angela Hill's on there I don't know why they don't put her on the main card there's there's good names on here it's not like it's not a, a blowing my socks off card it's not a um, you know, we're two weeks removed from the last pay-per-view and I'm like, ooh, I'm super looking forward to this lineup because we haven't had a – we didn't have US, a UFC event this past weekend. It's not quite there. It definitely falls into the I'm intrigued and I've looked a lot into this card because we work in MMA. Um, but but it's not a card I would skip. It's not a card I would skip. And uh, I, I, so that's <laughs> – that's that's not an amazing compliment. I'm sure Dana White won't be tweeting like, yeah, this is UFC so follow. This is a lineup you're not going to skip. It's probably not a great way to sell fights. But, you know, we're hitting the home stretch. We're really looking ahead to 295 and 296. Um, so some of these fights are kind of getting lost in the shuffle. This one, that might be the case. But I don't think people are going to have a bad time uh, if they tune in. And like I said, I think there might be some sneaky sort of future top 10, top five guys on here. So um, I like I like it overall. Not an amazing card, but it's it gets a, a, a modest thumbs up, Mike. AK, you should be in the cold open for that. Yeah, that was great. Should, <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to skip this one. <laughs> Don't skip it. Ladies and gentlemen, the UFC is back in Sao Paulo. And that, like you're the opening thing. Don't skip this one. I, <laughs> I'm probably not going to skip this one. Ashi, no, where are no, you? No, don't don't skip this one is a more direct compliment. Mm. He didn't yeah. he didn't get there. He said maybe uh-huh. don't if you don't want to, if you don't have something to do, that type of thing. He said uh, I work I work in the space. I'm not going to skip it even though I was going to watch it and cover it anyways. So there you yes, go. You, There's your you, glowing you, endorsement. <laughs> I'm not going to skip it, says the man who is assigned to work on Saturday. I, I appreciate that. I, it would be very upsetting to me if you skip it. Um, no, I mean, it's 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 a perfectly fine card. I mean, it is. we know exactly what these cards are at this point. It, it almost feels redundant to have to rate these Apex cards, even though this isn't an Apex card. It almost feels redundant to have to rate these fight nights over and over again because they're more or less all the same, right? It's a C plus B minus, maybe a B if it gets really solid. Uh, it, I think it's very fun to go back to Brazil. We haven't been to Brazil in a bit, and that crowd always brings it. You get the Uvamo Hayes going. You get the you feel the energy, especially if it feels like there's some momentum uh, on the card for the hometown fighters, for the Brazilian fighters. It, that's always just a very fun environment, so I'm here for that. Also, the main event has maybe the, the funniest version of Unstoppable Force versus Immovable Object. Uh, dichotomy that we could see possibly in modern day MMA, right? You have Jailton Almeida on one side who has essentially one move, uh, who's like a kind of like an undersized heavyweight whose one move is just he's going to take you down, he's going to submit you. And then you have Derek Lewis, who's a real, real, real heavyweight, who's a big boy, whose one move when he's on the ground is jujitsu is fake. None of this is real. I'm just going to kind of stand up. I'm really curious to see what, whether that's an effective thing against Jailton Almeida because I think all of us here on this website are very high on Jailton Almeida. He's sort of the the one guy looming outside of this heavyweight uh, quartet atop the, the heavyweight division right now. He's sort of the guy on the rise that no one's talking about, and this is one of those opportunities, right? You get a big win over a gate guy like uh, Derek Lewis. Like that's Then people start to know who you are. But I just really want to know if Derek Lewis can just stand up on Jailson Almeida. That's that's my appointment viewing for this one. I'm, I'm excited for that. Shaheen, and, and I'll get to you, AK, because you've been very, very high on Jailson Almeida, as, as you have, Shaheen. 
the Curtis Blades fight, when this first we first confirmed it, we were like, okay, now like all the questions are going to be answered. We got this high level wrestler who can still knock you out, who probably should gotten a, should have gotten a title shot fourteen times already, but never really got there. Like this is the one that's going to answer all the questions. And then Curtis has to withdraw from the fight. Kudos to the UFC getting Derek Lewis in there because outside of maybe Tom Aspinall, who's about to fight for the interim heavyweight title. This is about as good as you can do for a guy like Jansen Almeida for the reason you just mentioned. Derek has casual appeal. He goes out there and smushes Derek Lewis. Like, that's cool. People are going to know who he is. But for you, who already knows who Jansen Almeida is, does this really do a lot for you in terms of answering questions about how good this guy could actually be? Or where are you at with this actual fight in terms of Jansen's future and what you can get from this fight, win or lose? I think it does. It answers some questions, right? Because I, I, for me, the biggest thing with Jelton Almeida always is going to be the size. I just am not convinced that he is like a real, real heavyweight in that way, right? Because we, we know he was a light heavyweight who just kind of did this on a lark and it kept working. So it's like, okay, if it's not broken, why fix it? Uh, Derek Lewis, for everything I just said, he's a very large man. He's a very large man who just does not believe in jujitsu. That that alone will answer some level of question to me whether Jailton Almeida's size can hold up at the upper echelons of these big, big boys at the top. Because, I mean, we've seen it, right? A lot of the top heavyweights are, are not small men compared to what that that era that we had briefly where it was like Cain Velasquez, Junior Dos Santos size guys. Like a lot of these guys push 270 to 280 when they're off camp. To me, that answers some questions. I still would have preferred the Blades fight just because for me, that is the bigger question that I would like answered. And I'm still always just very high on Curtis Blades in a way that I think I probably shouldn't be. Um, he's like, we all have those guys that you kind of believe in too much and you just can't quit. And Curtis Blades, I think, is one of those for me. I just always feel like he's right there and he's going to do it. And then he craps the bed like he did against, you know, Pavlovich or whoever with a very dumb game plan. Uh, but I don't know. I mean, again, it is the, exactly the event that you think it is, but ultimately I am somewhat excited for this main event. I, I, I'm very high on Jail Tonight, and I'm curious to see these questions answered. AK, what about you? As the you've probably been the Jailton driver here. You've been you've been all in on this man. You predicted heavyweight gold when he just jumped up and fought Parker Porter and beat him. And I get it. I mean, you get a win like that over a guy like Parker Porter, you are probably gonna be the UFC heavyweight champion at some point. But be that as it may. Blades out, Lewis in. What was your reaction? Because we didn't even talk about it on the show. We haven't had a chance to actually talk about this fight or the substitution at all. You like this fight better? Do you feel like you could still get some of those questions answered that you were hoping to get from the Blades fight? Well, the part of me that's a fan of Jilton kind of likes it better because I was really concerned about the Blades matchup. I wanted it. You know, I wanted it because that's the test he needs. He has te- that's the test he needs. If he can't beat Curtis Blades then I don't I don't need to see, you know, the UFC find a way to match make for him to get Almeida to a title shot. Like that's fun sometimes when it happens, like with, with Alex Pereira, you know, getting the rematch with Izzy. But you know, there was a good reason to do that. There's an existing narrative that that drove uh the match being, I think. And that, that worked beautifully. That worked beautifully. And guess what? They created a star in uh, Alex Pereira. Could they do that with Jelson Almeida? Sure, but I think they were doing the right thing by saying, well, if we seriously view this guy as, as, as someone who could be UFC champion, Curtis plays the right test. Great, gr- good, good wrestler. A guy he probably shouldn't be able to take down at will. And, and a guy who, if he gets his offensive wrestling going, would probably mess Almeida up real good. So Bl- Blades the right test. It, do- it does suck. It does suck that he's out. Um, 
because I feel like even if Jailton runs through Derek Lewis, I don't know if that tells us anything. Now, he spoke to our own uh, Guillermo Cruz, the Brazilian beast, and he said he wants Seidel gone next, which is the logical call out. And I think if he'd beaten Blades, he would have gotten Seidel for sure, if not an outright title shot, though that's a bit murkier now with the whole um, jones Miocic fight being postponed and then the interim title fight happening. Um but he still, he, if he beat Blaze, he definitely could have called for Gone. And then he beats Gone, that's all, then you're all but guaranteed a title shot. Uh, if he beats Derek Lewis, I don't know, man. They might make him fight someone else in the top 10. Seattle would still make a lot of sense, but it, it does feel like, uh, I know, at least in MMA fighting, we were kind of reading the last rights on Derek Lewis's career before he got that win over um, Marcos Ogiero de Lima. It just looked like he was, we actually bumped him out of our heavyweight rankings for the first time. He had never been out of the rankings before. He's back now after that last win, but he was out. He was out, and I think I, I think on the on a ranking show we said we did like a discussion of will he come back, and I'm pretty sure I was in the camp of like I don't think we see him ranked again. Um, but I forgot about the unpredictableness of heavyweight, which is what makes this matchup so scary because it's totally a world where he he just needs to stuff one Almeida takedown and maybe he catches him with a bomb. I don't think that's going to happen. I think Almeida's wrestling is a, is is too much for him. I think the ground game is too much for him. I actually think this could be a quick finish for Almeida. But this again, we're talking heavyweights here. And Lewis bashing him, swanging and banging, and then just beating his chest as he stands over a, a, a face down. Jelton uh, Almeida is a, a sight that would not surprise me in the slightest at this point, especially in uh, uh, the year uh, 2023 of MMA. So I wish this was Blades because I'm getting a weird feeling all of a sudden. It's been a crazy week, crazy couple of weeks with Derek Lewis, who recently was arrested for driving 136 miles per hour in a 50 mile per hour zone in Houston. And being a Boston driver, even that number boggles my mind. And Derek, of course, addressed it and said, quote, nah, I don't even think that was me. That guy had hair. You see the picture. I don't got no hair. That ain't me. Like just classic Derek Lewis-esque response to all of this. But Shaheen... AK brings up an interesting point. Jailton says, I'm going to win this fight, and then I'm going to go fight Cyril God. Not sure if that actually happens here. What if Derek Lewis wins this fight, Shaheen? What if Derek Lewis somehow, like you said, he stands up from the, the John Cena-esque three moves of doom, the front kick, the double leg, and the submission attempts? What if he gets up and knocks out Jailton Almeida in Brazil on Saturday? A guy who was finishing three straight fights, who delivered maybe the funniest moment of the year with the flying knee and the celebration got him a whole new contract with the ufc the dude was a free agent for 36 hours could have got the big bag could have got the francis fight but said nope i'm loyal to the ufc what if Derek lewis does it where does he go what does he do what happens here First, can we just talk about what a mensch that cop is for just kind of going along with what Derek Lewis said? Because if you look at the police report, he said he's <laughs> he's 215 pounds. So this is this cop asking Derek Lewis, what's your weight? And Derek Lewis just be like, I'm 215. And the cop just accepting that as an answer and moving on. Like, <laughs> that is what a bro that guy is. Kudos to you, whoever you are out there. And also, I mean, as a bald brother, along with you, Mike Heck. Uh, if someone asked me, what's your hair color? And I said black, and he actually wrote that down rather than just bald. Thank you, my friend. You are my friend for life. <laughs> you gave me what I do not have. On the, on, the, on the police report again, he says he has black hair and it says black hair. So just A plus stuff from that police officer being the ultimate bro. I really appreciate it. Uh, what happens if Derek Lewis wins? I mean, that's super viable, right? That's like a very viable thing. We, we saw it last time. Like his, I feel like, 
the fact that we have gone this long and not mentioned that Derek Lewis's last fight included him flying knee uh, a man in the face in like 30 seconds, then take his pants off and fire off like 40 DX crocs, crotch chop stuckets and then tell everybody he's a free agent. Like that was the greatest 30 seconds of fight promotion ever in the history of the sport. And the fact that he 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 followed it up by just kind of re-signing with the UFC and is just getting back thrown in the mix. Like that's a bummer. It would have been great if he carried all that pantsless crotch chopping momentum into a $2 million payday for Francis. That probably wouldn't have come now because that, that fight would have, no one would have cared about that if you have what Francis has going on right now, but either way, either way, I, I, that's just, we cannot forget what Derek Lewis did last time he was in the octagon. It was spectacular theater. Uh, I mean, man, this is who this guy is, right? Like every time you count Derek Lewis out, he comes back and puts on an amazing performance, then cuts a hilarious promo and, and he's right back in the mix. He's 38 years old. He's still doing it. He's still as powerful as ever right like that dude could knock knock out a bus it's just sort of the the inherent power within himself that he seems like he will always carry and we've seen heavyweights like you could do this stuff deep into your mid 40s if you for some people especially with the style that Derek might have it might last that long uh so it's it's not a it's not a crazy question to say that he or not a crazy scenario to throw out there that he would be Jailton right because I think ultimately I've said it a couple times but the size difference between these two guys is going to be incredibly noticeable Derek Lewis could be cutting down from like 280 to make this weight and Jailton Almeida is going to be coming in at like 230 and so you know it's not the craziest thing it's certainly not the craziest thing Okay, we host a matchmaking show, and if Derek Lewis wins this fight, it's going to be super interesting to matchmake for because, as we just mentioned, he did the UFC a solid here. Free agency was very short, probably very happy with what he's getting. The heavyweight division is a mess right now with Jones injury. We don't know what's going to happen with Stipe. Tom Aspinall is about to fight Sergei Pavlovich for the interim heavyweight title. I think Derek Lewis can gain a whole bunch from this win. Like if he goes out and beats Jelton Almeida, if he knocks out Jelton Almeida, if he slays the dragon, he could gain something huge here. Like I could definitely see a world where if the UFC go back, goes back to London before International Fight Week, before Jones goes back, there is a real world where the UFC could do like Tom Aspinall versus Derek Lewis in an interim heavyweight title defense. Strike the word deserves from your vocabulary, my friends. The momentum Derek Lewis will garner if he knocks out Jailton Almeida will be massive, and no one's really going to complain about that. So what happens if Derek Lewis actually wins this fight? Yeah, we're not far away from a world where Derek Lewis gets a third shot at some form of UFC title. I just I jumped to the rankings while uh, while we're having this discussion. And, like, you know, so look who's ahead of him. So Marcin Tavora right now, sorry, just not a factor. Um, Sergey Spivak, who just like beat Derek Lewis not long ago, uh, unfortunately, it's you know what have you done for me lately? Did not look great against Cedogan. Has nowhere near the name value of Derek Lewis, so Derek Lewis could easily jump over him. Not fair, but it could easily happen if he beats. This is all talking about if he beats Jelson Almeida. Uh, Taito Ivasa, someone he lost to Alexander Volkov, someone he beat. If I remember, uh, that was one of those weird fights. Yes, one of those weird Derek Lewis fights. And then, yes, uh, he's kind of the ideal option if you let's say tom aspinall won and you want to give him a not easy but a win where he would be considerably favored in his home country you call up Derek lewis beautiful stuff again he has enough name value you've just signed Derek lewis to this big new contract you may as well get your value out of it right and and again it's heavyweight but people will accept strange things here even if sergey spivak uh sergey excuse me even if sergey pavlovich wins 
you can kind of make Derek Lewis his opponent there too because they fought before. People did not what? like the stoppage. People what did not like that pal- <laughs> Do you remember how angry people were about what that the Pavlovich hell are we stoppage? Talking about? They're so mad. Do you remember how angry people were about the Pavlovich stoppage? They're wrong. They're wrong. But that was a there was a lot of oh that was quick. Uh, Derek Lewis himself said he was fine. It was it was early stoppage. Whatever, whatever. Um, again, I don't agree with Derek Lewis, but this is an easy sell for the UFC. You say the first fight ended in under a minute. Uh, controversy. We didn't. We didn't get to see. You know, we didn't get to see the best of Derek. You know, he's always wanted this rematch. Boom, put him in there with Sergey. Uh, I, I don't know. Again, like I said, I don't think he should be for a title fight next. But if he beats Almeida, he does jump over some of the names I mentioned. And ahead of that, there's not a lot of names ahead of him that are healthy, right? We said Blades. We don't know how long he's out. He and he's beaten Blades. Derek Lewis is a win over Blades, right? So it's real. Uh, John Jones, Stipe, they're not going to fight Derek Lewis. They're out of the picture. They're just waiting for each other. We think so. It actually could happen, and I, I don't know. I, I don't love it, but I wouldn't be against it. And it's not going to happen anyway because he's not beating Jailton. But just for the sake of this question, yes, he could fight for an interim title in twenty twenty four. It's crazy. It doesn't sound right. You you were just throwing him ahead of a bunch of guys that he's clearly like not ahead of whatsoever. Who? It, Who? It, Who? I think I Who? think that you are. I think that you and I are higher on Jailton Almeida just sure. our personal stock than the UFC is. I don't think that sure. Derek Lewis beating Jailton is as big of a deal to the UFC as it would be to us. I think the better question is, and a question that, again, I can't believe no one has addressed so far over the course of this 10 minutes, is Derek Lewis going to take his cup off? Is he going to fire that cup into the crowd? I'm super – that is that is the money question to me. Follow up question: Will the person catch that cup? And if so, what will they do with that cup? Because that oh. is the, that's the ultimate with the Derek Lewis fight for me at this point. Uh-huh. Like I want to see what the reaction to catching the cup is. What do you do when you are finally yeah. placed in that moment where you're holding this man's cup? Sure, you want you want to see some. Do you give you it to see, someone else? Yeah. Do you throw it back? No. Do you try to do something weird with it? Like yeah, I say you you want to see you want to see someone do a cuppy. I did not. I did not say that. No, I do. I very much do not. Want Are you to sure? That. That's what I think. That's what you are implying. Is you want to? See I mean, I will laugh hysterically if it happens. <laughs> Usually, cups have holes in them, though, so I don't know if that would work out as well as you think it would. But ultimately, the, the real show starts once someone catches that cup, and we get to see what they do with it. I mean, there's no better way to end that round. The point for round two goes to. <laughs> It's AK thinking like the UFC. It's one to one. As unbelievable and as unrealistic as that I- idea may seem, Derek Lewis with a win over Jelton Almeida is still one of the most popular guys in this division. And if that title, that interim title, needs to be defended again, Derek's usually the first call for those types of situations, which is very weird to say. And there are other guys who probably deserve it more, but we don't care about any of that stuff because it's the UFC. Let's move on. Let's talk about what happened at UFC 294. Hamza Chimaev looks like an absolute wrecking ball for the first five minutes against Kamar Usman. Looks like maybe the greatest fighter we've ever seen. And then things start to slow down a little bit. Usman gets a little momentum. Hamza's not really throwing anything. He's not really doing anything. Then the third round starts. It's more of the same. And then Chimaev shoots a takedown and squeaks out a majority decision win over the former welterweight champion in his first fight in 13 months talks about a wrist injury maybe a hand injury we got an update on mafighting.com Hamzat Shemaev's manager tells our own Damon Martin it is a torn ligament in his hand painful stuff could have been broken not sure if this is better or worse Shaheen but uh 
What were your thoughts when you saw this update? I don't know. I've never had a torn ligament in my hand. I've broken my hand, so I don't know what the difference is and what's worse and what's not. But Shemaev does did have a hand injury coming out of this. What were your thoughts on this update? I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, right now, the comment section is exploding with ideas yeah. of what to do with Derek <laughs> Lewis's cup. I was also reading. Uh, what do we have? What do we have? Well, you know, Forrest, Forrest spoken really – Really brought a good one to the table, and it really it got me in the middle of what you were asking me. So I'm not going to lie. I kind of missed what you were asking me because that distracted me. Uh, what do I think about Hamzat Shamayev's injury? Is that what you're asking me? A hand injury, knowing that something happened, did it change your perception on the fight? What did you think? No, I mean, oh, it's it feels weird to revisit this almost, right? Because this feels like it was 10 years ago. Um, and it's it's interesting to just think back on this fight that was very recent. And it just feels like a different lifetime ago at this point. Uh no, it doesn't change my perspective on the fight. Maybe a little bit, because I mean, ultimately, we felt like we knew that 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 he was pretty injured that night, even on the night, right? So, like, we were kind of reacting with that information. I think there are still real questions about his gas tank. Uh, ultimately, though, he did look like the best fighter I've ever seen for like five minutes in that fight. So, it is this is the eternal question with Hamzad Shamayev that we continue to just have to ask because we're not getting the matchups that would really justify like an answer, right? Like, I, we all wanted to see him face a really tough middleweight. Paulo Costa was going to be that challenge. We didn't get to see that. We got to see him face a welterweight who we don't really know where Kamara Usman is at this point in his career. Whole thing was weird. Kamara coming up in weight, short notice. And then the injury on top of it, like there's just always weird outside circumstances around Hamzat Shamayev in these fights lately. It makes it frustrating to understand where he's at. It makes it frustrating to matchmake for him. So if the answer, if the question is, did that change my perspective on the fight? Maybe a smidge, but not really, because I, mean, I feel like we reacted almost knowing this information beforehand. AK, what were your thoughts on this? Did it solidify anything for you? And... Shaheen, I'll give you a chance to answer this question as well, but what does this update mean for the middleweight division, AK? Does this injury update say, well, does this say DDP is going to definitely get his shot at Sean Strickland next? Or do you think, and it's hard to put yourself in the UFC's shoes, AK, are they thinking, look, we can wait for Hamzat here. We're just printing money. It's the bigger fight. Let's just hang out a bit until Hamzat's ready. The good news is, uh, and, and one of the better aspects of Sean Strickland being champion, because again, people, I've said many times, not a fan of his personality, political beliefs, et cetera, et cetera. But the good thing about him as a fighter is he likes to stay busy. He likes to stay busy. That may be different now that he is a champion, uh, though I would think he wants to start cashing those uh, champions' paychecks as soon as possible. So get back in there, Sean, you know, if that's the plan. Um, so he should want an opponent. He should want to fight soon. So it's not going to be Hamza. It's not going to be Hamza. Um, we said Jerks Duplessis was one of the biggest losers of, you know, whatever, the recent middleweight events. I mean, he lost – first he loses the Izzy fight. Now he probably loses a contender spot just based on Hamzat beating a welterweight, let's be honest. Uh, and it's not fair. It's not fair. But if you're the UFC, you should do the right thing here if um, Sean Strickland wants to defend first quarter of 2024. And it's and, and it's you, – you have this challenger. Yes, it's not as sexy as the Izzy fight. I think everyone did a great job building up the Izzy fight. The politics around it may be a little unsavory. But at the end of the day, there was legitimate bad blood there, and that's what you want to see in a in a high profile fight, especially one with the title on the line. It, it was just it was just so wonderful, and it's it sucks that it really feels like there's a good chance we're probably not going to see DDP and Izzy fight. So let's move on from that. Oh, I disagree. Let's move on. From I that. disagree. I don't, we don't so know. Is he coming back? 
We don't know when he's coming back. I, d- I disagree so thoroughly because there is still the, the reason. Here's the reason why it's DDP mm-hmm. as the top contender right now. Aside mm-hmm. from the obvious fact of just he is the by far the most deserving contender in any division right now. You beat Robert Whitaker in the way that you did. Like you have that title regard. Like you the title. Word deserving. The most deserving. Use the word deserving. I don't care. Twice. I don't care. Some things supersede all the all the bullshit we usually talk about. And like DDP smashing Robert Whitaker in the way that he did is such a different level of feat than like almost every other contender in any other division has like that's just unassailable but also the reason that ddp needs to be the challenger is because ddp versus strickland hey that's a really fun fight on itself but if ddp wins and we outline this the night of i think sean strickland if ddp wins and then izzy comes back and that and we get ddp izzy because you know the ufc will throw izzy right back in regardless of what hamza shemayev's doing at that, that point if we get ddp izzy but with the roles reversed of DDP as the champ and is he coming to take what is DDP's and just that whole dynamic being completely shifted on its head through no fault of DDP's own like just this uh, weird circumstance that is such a fun lead up that is such a weird lead up that is like I don't actually understand what that dynamic will be like and that will be a gigantic fight that is the biggest fight the UFC middleweight division could get at that point that's that's a lot of steps to get. See, this is why you're the. No, it's the, not. Such it's a, one step. You're such it's a gifted one step. wordsmith. It's no, DDP, DDP winning. DDP has to, it is has one to step. Yeah, and Izzy has to that's come one back. Step. Izzy has to come back at the right time. We don't know when he's coming back. He said he's taking time off. That's two steps. Izzy. That's at least Izzy, two steps. Izzy, the night, the night that DDP wins the title, if that happened, Izzy would call Hunter Campbell and just be like, "Hey, I'm ready. Let's go." I I've said it. I've said it before. I think he's more inclined to come back and fight Pereira if Pereira beats Yuri and go up to two five. I think that's okay. more likely. I think that's more I, likely. I thoroughly disagree with you. I, I'm aware you do. I'm aware you do. Okay, listen, you're a grifted wordsmith. You paint a beautiful picture. I. It sounds very neat. I wish that's the... No, and you're, and, I, and and DDP should get the title fight. Uh, Strickland's a tough matchup for him, though. Strickland is a tough matchup. So it's it's there's there's steps that have to be taken. Same same with Pereira Yuri. I mean, Pereira is, is... I don't think he's favoring against Yuri, so that's, I got steps to go through, too, to get to my weird dream scenario. Um, but yeah, it's it's... I, either I have no problem with either. I just think uh, Izzy wanting to become a two division champion. I think that means a lot to him. I think I think because he's already a two time middleweight champion, he's seen how hard it is to kind of just keep going back there, keep running up that hill. Um, I think he still wants that two hundred five belt. I think you know the the uh, Blachowicz fight wasn't terrible for him. It was a competitive fight. I think he still wants that. And again, there's also the trilogy with Pereira. I just think there's more hooks to the the Pereira trilogy than necessarily wanting to fight DDP now, but. Um, Either one would have a, a lot of heat behind it. I think I think Izzy can't go wrong. It just it just depends when he wants to come back. I think Izzy has zero interest there in his. I think there are zero bones in Izzy's body that wants to go fight Alex Pereira again. Did you, you saw how quickly he moved on from Alex Pereira once he finally got that knockout? There is nothing in that man, and I'm not saying he's scared. I'm not saying any of that. He's just lived that life for a long time. I think there's zero percent of him that wants to go fight Alex Pereira again, just to do this all over again. I don't think that's happening. Man, DDP winning the middleweight title and then sort of dangling the carrot in front of Izzy and then trying to take it away from him would just be the greatest thing of all time. He goes, That's I, what I, I'm saying. I, like he just calls out Hamzat instead, says, nah, I ain't fighting him. I'll fight you, Hamzat. Like that'd be absolutely hilarious. Or if he like says, Strickland, I'll give you a rematch because you accomplished such great things. <laughs> like, it's just like all these things are, are really, really funny. Last thing on this, Shaheen – Let's just say, look, forget about forget about what could happen. Forget about DDP having the belt and maybe Izzy chasing him. There are two fights potentially on the table here. 
We could do Sean Strickland versus DDP, or we could do Sean Strickland versus Hamza Chimaev. In a world where you could only see one of these fights, but you could never see the other, and the stakes in the future mean nothing, which one are you picking? Strickland DDP, Strickland Shemaev, what's more intriguing to you right now? Stakes aside, just what's more interesting to you right now if you can only get one of these fights? What happens to the odd man out? Is he like just getting executed casino style? What What is this? What is this scenario that you're painting for me? What am I doing to someone? Pick a fight. No, they just sit and watch. They're fine. They're alive. No one's getting oh. murked. Okay, you, you, you made it sound like they could never match that fight ever again. And I just like, no, but I'm, what I'm talking about is like, well, it's I get funny you. I get you. I'm just yeah. with you. Yeah, it's just funny for um, DDP to win the title. It'd be the funniest outcome. But if you can only watch one of these fights, what? which one? For me, it'd be DDP. It would. Um, because again, from everything I just said, also, I'm just incredibly intrigued in who he is in this middleweight division. You beat Robert Whitaker that way, and I, I can't say it enough. Like that is the most that is one of the most impressive victories of 2023, the way that he beat Robert Whitaker. Like that was that was the Sean Strickland upset before the Sean Strickland upset, just in terms of a stunning middleweight performance, right? I just I really I'm not sure yet with Hamza. I want to see Hamza versus Paulo Costa. If I'm being honest, like straight up, that's where I get to with it. I want to see Hamza Shamaya fight a real middleweight and see who he is in this division. And Paolo Costa to me is the perfect measuring stick. They have such a fun rivalry. The, the dynamic with every part of that was so fun. And, and Paolo tried so hard to make it to that fight. I just, I really want to see that fight before we get to Russian Hamza Shamayev into this title picture. So if you give me one, I'm giving DDP. AK, do you agree with that? That was sorry. That was Shemaev and Strickland, or DDP and Strickland. Just two options. If you can, if you could only get one of these fights, but you'll, and that's it. You can only see one. Can't see the other. You yeah. want to see Strickland and, DDP. You want to see if Strickland is the guy who could beat Hamza Shemaev if he gets out of that first round. And the challenger, as you said before, the the one that I don't pick is sent to an island to die and never fights again. Right? That's what you were saying. That's what you were telling. You. <laughs> we're just, that's what no, it felt that's like. What, yeah. That's, no, that's sure. what I, I think that was. Sean, all right. You know what? Sean Strickland retires after this fight. Oh, okay. 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 So we okay. All, let's 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 oh, do that. That's much nicer. Yeah. He lives in peace. Okay. Great. Um, no, I, I'll lean towards Shamaya. But I, everyone knows I'm I'm very high on the Shamaya train. Like I just want to see him fighting. For, it's it's unfortunate that he had the health problems and whatever other issues. Uh, that were there with the matchmakers that he couldn't get in the in the cage. It's unfortunate we lost the Paulo Costa fight. There's a lot of unfortunate things about the Hamza Shemaev experience, especially compared to what we thought it was going to be when we first saw him in Fight Island, wins three fights in what two months, then uh, and then we're all like, man, you know, should should Kamaru call this guy out? Should he call this guy out before he reaches like this guy gets even better? All that talk seems so distant now, um, even even after we actually got the fight itself, that all that talk of like, man, Shemaev's the dude that's just going to run to the title feels so distant now. I think the UFC still believes in him in that way. I think there is a segment of the fan base that still believes him in that way. I think he's 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 done well with the whole, you know, the Khabib blueprint. Oh, I smash everyone. I smash everyone. That that takes you further than it should. But especially once you when you are able to perform in, in the cage like he can. A definitive win over middleweight like Paulo Costa would be great because, again, Gilbert's fight, awesome fight, but, you know, didn't dominate Gilbert. Amazing fight. We learned a lot about Hamza. He should be very proud of that win, but, you know, didn't dominate. Usman, tough, gritted it out, grinded it out. A pretty clear win. Not a clear win, I should say, but a, a solid win for me. Didn't dominate. Didn't dominate, right? So I get it. We want that exclamation point to get him that title shot. But I've said this on many shows. Things are rarely that convenient or they really work out exactly as you want them to when you're trying to gear someone towards a title shot again Alex Pedetta probably is an exception so 
rather than keep trying to find that right matchup, keep trying to find that path that gets him to that title shot. If people are talking about it, if we know, if we view this guy as someone who could beat the champion, if he is, you know, he's got this undefeated record, if there's all this heat there, I say just go for it now. So I love the DDP Strickland matchup. Hate to see, you know, I would hate it if we didn't get that. But if I'm choosing one, I need, I want to see Shamayev get his crack. And, and, and he probably will anyway at some point, whether it's against Strickland, DDP, a returning Izzy, someone. But uh, I want things now. So this is the this is the me being uh, spoiled and wanting things right now. Give me give me Hamza's tell shot. This is the Tatiana Suarez notion from from AK. You want you want to see Tatiana fight for the title now? Now 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 now. Let's go. And you want to see Hamza Shamaya fight for What's the, the hold title? up? But, but it's not really now though, you know, because he's injured. So it's going to be a whenever. While. Yeah, it's really whenever. We're we're just shelving an active champion for no reason. In my yeah. world, his hand magically heals. His his he's, he's, he's heals and he's ready to fight by February. <laughs> oh man, yeah, we we're throwing out hypotheticals and weird scenarios, so you might as well just create the injury has gone away. AK, I, I appreciate that. And last thing I'll say on this, as I said after UFC 294, DDP's best friend is availability. If that phone rings, do not say no. Do not say no. I don't know if there's anything coming back from that as, as weird as that sounds. So we'll move on to round four. The point for round three goes to. It's Shaheen Alshadi. It's two to one. Nicely done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's head to – look, this is a weird week that we had to go to a Hamza Chemayev hand injury, but this is where we're at right now. Uh, let's talk about some news. We got we got a Dana White screaming announcement of fights. It was like at 4 a.m. Eastern time. It wasn't maybe that, that early, but it was, it was at a pretty rando time. UFC Austin gets two five-round fights, and they will take place in the best division in the sport. We're going to get in the main event or the final fight, Benil Dariush – Looking to bounce back from the loss to Charles Oliveira, taking on Armin Sarukian. Co-main event or the second to last fight? Sounds like they're doing a double main event thing here. Dan Hooker versus Bobby Green, five rounds. AK, two five-round lightweight fights. Less than a month away, actually literally a month away from right now. Austin, Texas on a fight night card. Your thoughts? Fantastic. Um, I do want to add... I hope that all these gentlemen are getting paid more money for going, you know, two extra. I, I assume that's not standard. I assume if <laughs> I assume if you because, you know, we have, you know, most of these fight nights have five round main events. But Dan Hooker and Bobby Green getting a five round co-main. They should get paid more money, right? Everyone should get paid more money for fighting more rounds. I get it. That's not how the contracts work. But maybe in this case, they'll sprinkle sprinkle a few shekels in their direction. We got to normalize this, though. We got to normalize notable fights not necessarily every co-main but top two fights top three fights i would also love to see rob font and davidson figueredo go for five rounds frankly uh, i know that's not going to happen but i wish we could do these things on a case-by-case basis again who who is the decider 
the fans probably not the best way to go with it the matchmakers i don't know dana what i don't know the fighters themselves maybe not the best people to ask either but it does feel like we need to normalize non-main event five rounders i think this will be the exception not the rule i, I i'm i'm an optimistic person but i'm not so naive to think oh this is the start of a this is the start of a trend maybe if it does some massive ratings number for uh i guess it'll be on espn plus if it gets really good metrics on it for the top two fights they'll say yeah we should do you know we should do more non non-title non uh main event five rounders but unlikely but as far as the matchups go fantastic uh Benil, He's accepted his lot in life. There are no easy fights. He he's he'll get a title shot in the event that all these people ahead of him don't have an opportunity. Even if he beats Armin, which I think would be a hell of a feat worthy of Benil getting a title shot, um, it's not gonna happen. He has to beat two or three more people or something to get a shot. But amazing matchup. This is Armin's we've kind of been waiting for it. This is Armin's real, real like step into the top five. We know he's a top five talent, we know he's fought top five people, he fought Islam in his debut. He just hasn't and – he, and he's impressed in his wins. He just hasn't quite gotten over that hump yet. The Gamrot fight, super close. Uh, my best friend, I know you feel Armand was robbed. He needs a definitive win against Benil. So a lot of storyline here. And then the co-main, this is an on to the next one special. I feel like – I feel like I thought this fight happened because, Mike, on our matchmaking show, we have heard Dan Hooker versus Bobby Green, Bobby Green versus Dan Hooker so many times. After either of these – Dan Hooker gets a win. Oh, Bobby Green's got to be next. Bobby Green's got to be next. Bobby Green gets a win. Dan Hooker's got to be next. Dan Hooker's got to be next. And I don't know if the timing was ever perfect. I mean, they probably could have made this happen before. But this is, again, after Bobby Green took out um, uh, Grant Dawson, we heard a lot of Dan Hooker calls. And I'm like, yeah, if they, it's, it's always a good time for it. But this is a great time. I love this matchup so much. It would be, it's one of these matchups. It would be a shame if these two veterans never squared off. So I'm glad we're getting it. Don't care about the stakes. Don't need to talk about, oh, Bobby Green wins, Dan Hooker, one of these veterans gets a, closer to a title. Don't care. Don't care. Amazing fight. And uh, this card looks well. I'm sure we'll talk about the rest of the card. But I'll, just, I'll just summarize. This card looks really good. <laughs> I'm very excited. Austin, you should be. Ha- I'll give it a Jed Mashu if you're out there. This better get at least two Mashulin stars. Ooh, Shaheen, what did you think? What did you think of these fights? I love the card. AK is not wrong. The card itself, Austin, you're getting a good one. Look up and down this, man. Darius Sarukian, Hooker Green, Font, Figueredo, Brady, Gastelum, Soriano, Stolfitz is maybe the odd one out on that main card. But then even Roundtree, Mirzakhanov, like you know that's going to be a banger. You got Misha Tate on the undercard. Jakar Close is always fun. Clay Guida. Like this is a great, great card. Austin's really having a good time here. Uh, As for the five-round co-main event, like I'll be honest. Like I personally like it, obviously. I think we all enjoy high level fights going longer if they feel like they're going to be fun right if, it, if it's a slog fight like no one wants to see it for 25 minutes that's fair but like hooker green is going to be really fun and so to see two extra rounds of it i'm not going to complain but i will say like it feels i don't know why that's happening like what why why this isn't like a number one contender fight or anything like that it feels odd to me that this is maybe the one that we're doing for five rounds especially since you know these guys are not going to get paid for it and so that's the thing when like AK and others will say like normalize doing this for co-main events a a lot of co-main co-main events don't deserve this but also be like you know that these guys are not going to get paid for the extra work and preparation that they're doing so maybe it's easy for us to say that but for the athletes that's a little bit it's it, for us to place that upon them maybe you know that's we should have some consideration for that uh but all being said man like that is a tremendous card the main event itself 
I, that's a if that if this is a one fight card, I would see, still be singing its praises because we obviously love that main event. I mean, Daryush versus Sarukian is everything. That's why the lightweight division is so much damn fun and the best division in the entire sport. But you're right, just up and down, Austin. You are getting a really really good one, and I'm looking forward to that night because it's going to be a fun night. Yeah, that that's a real interesting point, Shaheen. I, I wonder how this all came to be with two five round fights because it's a weird know, one, right? Like why yeah. why Hooker Green of all fights? So here's here's what I think happened. And I don't have like a whole bunch of personal insight into this, but I kind of know the road we took. Originally, Darius Shurukian was going to headline this card. That was all the rumblings and rumor and innuendo, talking to people. That seemed like what we were going to do here. But it never really got past the this is what we're thinking stage. And then there were reports that came out about Dan Hooker and Bobby Green, which also was kind of in the same boat. We're like, all right, we're talking about it. If this is what's offered, we'll say yes. And then it never really got past that point. And I think not having a main event for December 9th maybe hurt things. They were like, maybe we'll move this one to this card and maybe we'll do that and that one. And they're like, no, we're not going to we're not going to Shanghai. We're, we're, we're going to do what we said we were going to do. And I think the UFC was just like, screw it. Fine. We'll just do both as five-round fights. I think yeah. they basically double-booked the main event. Like in a, not accidentally, but unceremoniously double booked the main event spot and was just like, screw it. We'll just do two main events. At least they just kind of, just kind of ate it a little bit, but in a, yeah, in a still that, an okay that, way. That was my read on it too. Sort of just looking at the way this all came together. And also, you know, the fact that like of all the guys like Bobby green and Dan hooker are not gentlemen. they're going to be like, ah, no, I don't want to do it. Those dudes are down for anything, right? Like that was not a long phone call to convince those guys, I would imagine, to go an extra 10 minutes. So once you have it, I understand just keeping it. Yeah, they were preparing to, yeah, they're preparing to do it anyway. So they're just like, all right, it's cool. But like AK said, as long as they're getting that, uh, the extra, the main event money, which again, maybe, maybe not, but probably so. We'll see. This is a damn good fight night card. It's (laughs) such a good card. It's such a good card. Is this the best fight night card of the year, Shaheen? Oh boy, you put me on the spot on that. I feel like we've had a couple of really, really good ones um, that I just can't pull up immediately because I don't have that Jose Young's brain. So it's I, I won't say it's the best one because I feel like I remember a really, really good one sometime around spring summer. But uh, it's definitely top three, right? It's got to be. Yeah, I mean, look, we Noche UFC was fun. Like it was super fun. We had a title fight. That's technically a fight night card, but it was really cool. And then there's like other ones that are very regionalized with like big main events and the crowds are on fire. And then we get London, which was okay, but Aspinall was great. We had the home Bueno Silva one. Like we had just a bunch of rando Apex cards. We had Holloway versus Zombie and just like not a great card on paper. Like okay card, but not great. This seems like – this is like a seven-fight lineup or like damn, I'm fascinated yeah. with all seven of these fights and I can't remember Again, the last – You have Misha Tate. Misha Tate is on the undercard. That, Julie like, Avila's back. Yeah, first time in like yeah, two and a half back. years. She's back. Uh, so, uh, a a, a bantamweight we can rank, guys. We have a, a bantamweight name we can throw <laughs> in. Oh, my God. Thank goodness. AK, best um, fight night card of the year? Top of your head. I, 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 again, I'm with Shaheen. I'm, I'm terrible at remembering these things. But it's. I want to speak to the broader point of like, this is the power of the, U, the UFC right now is they hold whatever, 40-some events a year. You only need half of those fight. And let's exclude, forget the peer reviews. You only need like half of those events to hit to leave people with this impression that you always deliver, right? Because 
um, you know, we always talk about people saying it's the cards you don't, you don't, uh, that the media doesn't hype up, that I always deliver, blah, blah. And it's really, it's like, no, you just only remember the good stuff and you move on from the bad. And that's fine. That's fine. That is how the current UFC sort of fight night product works is, okay, you weren't satisfied with that card last week. You, oh, you found it forgettable. Guess what? Six days away from another card, buddy. <laughs> Rest, recover. We got more fights coming your way. This is happening with with the card after uh, after Austin. They're going to Shanghai. We know that now. The card is not complete. We assume, fingers crossed, I guess that it's going to... Well, I don't assume. Sorry, I don't assume. Best case scenario, we're getting Zhang Weili and Yan Shanan. It's just such short notice. Um, ideally, I guess, you know, they maybe they've known about the date for a long time and it just hasn't been announced. So it's not really short notice. Uh, I, I would think they've been preparing for each other. Um, but again, that's not official yet. That's not official yet. And even if that, that does land... That's a one fight card. I'm seeing some of the rumored fights in there. You guys can check Wikipedia. I don't know how many of these are official. And it's okay. It's okay. It's nowhere near Austin, though. The drop off from Austin to the Shanghai card is enormous. And you might get exciting fights because you get inexperienced people that that uh, you know are can easily get knocked out. So you might get some highlights. But we're seeing this right now. We have one loaded card right next to a card that it's cool. It's for a, a certain region. Um, but it's not a loaded card. But to the UFC, that doesn't matter. One out of two. With Fight Nights, I just need to get one out of two, and that's a pretty good success rate. Um, and I think most fans would, would agree. Yeah, I have no idea what's going to headline Shanghai. No clue. I mean, it seemed like Zhang Weili, Yan Zhang I was like has to. a walk as soon as they announced this. But <laughs> yeah. now, I mean, that's you're asking a lot on a month's, five weeks' notice to book that fight. But they must Yoda know Yan about and it, right? is never really a thing. I don't know what we're oh, going to do here. Gosh, this you is assume weird, Song's yeah. going to be one half of it, but yeah. I don't know who he's going to fight. I really don't know. But they'll we'll they'll coax somebody into it. They'll tempt somebody into it. I'm trying to think. Like, Rob, you want to go to Shanghai when you should be fighting no. for the belt and fight Song Yudong? Like, who's it going to be? be Rob, I'll take that. Oh, I don't know what they're going to do. If Umar is ready, he'd probably do it, but it doesn't seem like he's going to be ready. But we'll move on. The point for round four goes to... AK Lee, don't act surprised, AK. You performed admirably. Performed admirably. All right. Time for the knockout round. One question to decide it all. It's going to be the same question. There'll be no mystery doors or anything like that. I wasn't really sure where I was going to go with this. And then halfway through the show, I knew exactly where I was going with this. So, AK, you were the last man of the two of you to pick up a victory on this program. So, I assume you're going to go first. Always. Always. All right. Well, there's a lot going on here. We haven't touched on maybe the biggest story going on with the UFC right now, and that is the antitrust lawsuits that is going on with fighters from the past looking to get somewhere between $800 million and $1.6 But there's some big news that a pair of judges with the Ninth Circuit Court on Wednesday denied the UFC's appeal request. Looks like things are going to move forward in April. We've already seen what has sort of leaked out from this, we got some contract stuff from the likes of Habib Nurmagomedov, the likes of Leota Machida. And if this thing goes to trial April 8th, if we start opening up these cans of worms, things are going to get real interesting. So what are you thinking about with this? Like, what are you looking forward to seeing? What are you not looking forward to seeing here? Like in 60 seconds, and I know this probably deserves a lot more time. What are you expecting out of this? What, what do you think the, the people are going to learn about the UFC and their business practices over the last 
decade and a half. 60 seconds on the clock, go. I mean, I think they're going to learn a ton, but my concern isn't what they're necessarily going to learn. It's what are they going to absorb? What are they going to internalize? Because as great as it will be to get like comprehensive information, actual legal documents, actual facts, things that you can cite in discussions, it's not like you've needed these things to know that the UFC is not the most savory enterprise when it comes to the business practices, right? So I don't know what this will change. I think people like me who are already critical of them will just, you know, it's great. Well, I'll, I'll read the stuff. I'll retweet it. I'll, I'll tweet about it. I'll share it. I'll talk about it on shows like this. But people who don't care about the UFC's business practices, it's not going to change them. It's not, it might make them go for a second, like, oh, wow. Like, I didn't realize they were screwing the fighters that badly, but it's not going to stop them from buying the pay-per-views they want to buy. It's not going to stop, make them cancel the Instagram Plus subscription and skip the fight nights they want to see. So I, I know this sounds so cynical, so unprinted positivity of me, but it's going to make for a great read, maybe some, some minor important changes, but overall the landscape is, I feel, I feel like, not going to be affected in any significant way. All right, Shaheen. Shout out to Steve Morocco doing a great job. Shout out to John Nash and everybody really, really paying attention to this. They forced me to actually pay a little bit more attention to what's going on. Cause I feel like in so many of these shows, there's just these, these changes and all these different things that have happened with this lawsuit are happening on weeks where like Francis and Ganu arguably beats Tyson Fury in a boxing match. Like it's just one of those things, but contextualize this in 60 seconds or less. This thing's probably going to go to trial. It seems like everybody's on the fighter side right now that are putting on this suit. The judges seem to be like, go, 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 go. Let's see this. We're seeing what's coming out from it. What are you expecting to see here? What do you think fans are going to learn from all of this if they go to trial April 8th? Go. Yeah, I mean, I think one point you mentioned is certainly correct. that this It's hard to almost contextualize a lot of this because it is so unsexy, right? Like it is, it is hard to get people to care about this. It's hard to get people to pay attention to this, even especially on a week like this, like you said, where all of these seismic things seem to be happening. But this was a pretty momentous result like this is a pretty momentous update this we are going this is going to trial now like in the spring this is going to happen which is a relatively soon uh or quick turnaround i should say legal wise like these things have been this particular has been dragging for so 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 long to the point where i think a lot of the fans who were in mma when this started are just not even around anymore like this has just been a, such a, a long saga uh to get us to this point but now that we're here like this does have I think AK is almost a little too naive about this. Like the worst, I mean, the, the most impactful version of this is a very, very impactful version of this, right? Like there is a world where almost the MMA industry has to change because of the results of that. I don't know that that's the world we'll end up living in, but that is like the potential of what this could be. You're right. Like an, a minute is almost not long enough to talk about this because this could be the biggest story in the entire sport for like the past decade. We just, we, we're not sure yet because we're not there yet. But I would I would agree with everything you said. Follow John Nash. Follow our pal Stephen Morocco. Those dudes are on top of it. And I mean, the cache of of records and different things that we're about to see probably once this goes to trial are going to be very very intriguing. Yeah, I, I said this on a heck of a morning. I feel like because we talk about it, and like a lot of people feel like you know you guys are just negative and you know just talk about fight 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 fights, but. People don't realize, especially newer fans, that there's more to this business. And we talk to enough people to realize that there's a dark side of this industry. Like there really is, especially when it comes to negotiations with the UFC and things that have happened in the past. And I feel like once this happens and some of the stuff 
comes out to play. Now, like AK said, do I think this is going to change anything and they're going to get less pay-per-views and ESPN's going to be like, nah, we're not going to do business with you? No. all every, mo- I think most of the stuff's going to stay the same. But I think fans are going to learn more about this business than they ever really wanted to. And that's what's going to be really interesting is how they're going to react to it. But this is a sport where we move on from things very, very quickly. The big news story is replaced by the next big news story like 10 days later. So this is going to be massive. Like this has the makings to be a massive, massive, massive story. But we'll see what happens in April. Looks like April 8th is when it's going to start. Uh, Cast your votes. Who wins, Shaheen or AK? There you go. Tomorrow. We got heck of a morning at 10-ish. And then we got a we got a preview show for UFC Sao Paulo. I think 1 p.m. Eastern. So get ready for that. Well, the People's Pre-Fight Show. I think 5:30 p.m. Eastern because it's a 6 p.m. main card for UFC Sao Paulo. Well, post-fight show reaction, all that stuff. AK and I will be back for on to the next one on Sunday to match make. Maybe Derek Lewis gets match made into an interim title shot. Shaheen is just leaving. Maybe he's got a victory hat to wear because he's feeling confident. But Casey, what do we? Cool. Uh, what is happening? Oh, oh, we got a doggy! Oh, this is brilliant. <laughs> this is freaking brilliant from Shaheen Al Shadi right here. Just brilliant. Right when the voting's happening, he's bringing in the pooch. This is brilliant stuff right here. Shaheen's been on one today. I kind of feel like he's he's in a really good place. He's right got that now. dog on him, which is, <laughs> except which is fine. I, that I support. Well played, AK. Well played. Very well done. Very well Very done. I, I, you know what? I, I'm gonna give AK one of these. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was so good. That was so good, AK. Wow. We uh, have a winner. We have a winner. We do have a winner. When Casey says it like that, that means it's probably not all that close. So, Casey, <laughs> who won? Well, it could. Well, you had three options. For the fans, Shaheen, A.K. Lee, or a draw. <laughs> okay. Coming in second place with 30% of the votes is a draw. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> but coming in first place with 44% of the votes is your winner, Shaheen Ashadi. Hey! Let's go! I mean, I'm telling you. This majority decision. Yeah, majority. And AK did, did come in be, behind draw, by the way. Um, came in behind uh, draw. So. Great. He, great. Shaheen. Arizona just, I mean, finally got one. <laughs> this is, I mean, just a brilliant performance from start to finish, Shaheen. How are we feeling here? Three and six, now four and six. Coming in here and getting a big win for Arizona. How are we feeling right now? I'm feeling wonderful. Uh, I'd love to use this FaceTime because I think that's what we do, right? We get a little FaceTime here. I want to say happy birthday to my pal. This is happy birthday to Evie. This this wonderful pooch Yay. is 13 years old now. Uh, I've, oh. I think I've said this before a long time ago on one of our programs, but the story of us getting her, we, I got dragged to the pound uh, right after my dad's death. So I wasn't like in a real great place. And this, it was like 4.55, pound was closing at five. This little pooch was in the corner, just covered in, in all sorts of terrible things. And she had been on the street eating cans. I was like, hey, I want to see this dog. I related to how she was feeling at that moment in time. And they're like, no, you don't want to see that dog. This dog has attitude problems. She's, we're putting her down in five minutes. 
because uh, it was closing in five minutes. And I kind of forced them to, to show me this dog and she walks up, puts her, her head on my lap and just stares at me. And I'm like, well, you can't euthanize this dog. And so we rescued her that day and she's been the be best friend ever, ever since. You made it 13 years, Evie, I love you to death. Thank you for letting me use you as a prop. Uh, and yeah, well done. And she's taking out my setup as she leaves. But yeah, happy birthday, Evie. Oh, happy best birthday, Evie. Too. Happy AKA, birthday. Speaking of best friends, uh, how are we feeling here? Hold on, what's is uh, is this updated, uh, Casey? Is this up? There, oh, there, Ding. Is. there, there we go. Uh, well, I feel better after seeing that dog. So, uh, yeah, happy birthday to Evie. And uh, just regarding the last question, I just want to say, fighters, if you are out there, be informed. Stay up to date on all this antitrust stuff. Talk to other fighters. Talk to your manager. Well, maybe don't talk. <laughs> <laughs> Some of you, I don't know, maybe have managers. Frankly, that might not be uh, in, in working in your best interest, if we're being honest. But talk to other fighters. Stay up to date. Like I said, listen, read the stuff on John Nash. Read the stuff from Stephen Rocco. Read the stuff from us. Uh, any news sites are talking about this antitrust case, fighters, stay informed, talk to each other. This is your moment. I was being cynical before because uh, I forgot to mention that, like, I, I just, I, you know, I feel like the fighters um, that aren't involved in this case are not going to band together. But prove me wrong. Uh, be on top of this. I want to believe what Shaheen says, that this could see a major overhaul in the industry. But the fighter, fighters, you guys, you have to be part of this. You have to you have to take an active hand in it. Uh, this this is the real fight, guys. This is the real fight. There you go. I'm going cliches here. All right, political. This is the real fight. Uh, I hope fighters um, are aware of what's going on and, and whether they agree with whatever, you know, whether they, they, they like the, the what's going on with this particular lawsuit or not, it, just know your options. Just know your options, please. That's all. That's this business can be even better. It's a great. It's a, we love MMA, but it, the business could be so much better. Well said, AK. Well said. Hit the music, Casey. Hit that music. We are done. Back next week. Jed will probably be back. Maybe we'll have a Jed versus AK battle. Maybe Jed, maybe we'll try to make AK feel better for himself. Maybe Shaheen will come back and, and try to thwart Jed Bashir's momentum. Maybe Shaheen will do a cannonball. Who knows? You'll have to find out next week on this program, 12.30 p.m. Eastern, as we get you ready for the UFC's return to Madison Square Garden, UFC 295, two title fights, all the bells and whistles for Casey on the one, for AK, for Shaheen. I am Mike Heck, back next week. We'll see you then between the lakes. Good night, everybody. Love you. This has been Between the Links, an MMA fighting production on the Vox Media Network. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder. 
But you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. 